Yes, mate. Yes, mate. We're back. We are <laughs> finally back. once again. Welcome to In the Garage. <laughs> I am Brains, live from the Brains Cave, and I am Phonetics, channeling my inner Dexter over here, as you rightly pointed out, Brains. Uh, I saw the Dark Passenger from a mile off, mate. It's, um, I've been playing catch up on the series in in anticipation of the new one, so uh, I thought I'd dress the part. That's it. Um, uh, you educated me. I did not know <laughs> there was a new series of Dexter. This is not going to become the Dexter cast, uh, luckily. Um, but yeah, it's I'd, I'd be up all over that. I did enjoy it originally. Um, what's been happening, man? Oh, I've been busy, mate. Super busy, super busy. Just uh, churning out the tunes and yeah, all the usuals, man. How about you? Um, been watching my laptop cry. Probably see <laughs> much delay going on if you're watching the video version of this. Um, I am desperately awaiting the next iteration of the Mac. M1 processor, so whatever is it like the M2 or the M1X, whatever it'll be, so I can get a fancy new MacBook Pro and uh, have this shit running smoother as a than a baby covered in butter. I suppose I don't know. I wish I could do more to help, man, but you are you are the uh, the figurative and literal brains here <laughs> when it comes to the tech side of things. I'm good with audio, but like, when it comes to that video stuff, it's all above my pay grade, mate. Ah, uh, mate, it's a, it's just say i've seen your youtube videos don't give it all that i've watched how to make two-step <laughs> drums in 10 minutes i've been there. oh you watched that you watched that did you i actually i got approached by um by serato recently they're going to get me on to their i don't know if you've ever seen their on their twitch stream their their youtube channel they've got serato's kitchen um no nah. then if you've seen that it's like a like one of those production masterclass things they have somebody go down to their studio and make a tune and then people kind of interact with them and watch whilst they're doing it so um they're they're european um, artist relations guy contacted me like heard some of my stuff and he was like oh man like we'd love to love to get you on Serato's kitchen so I'll be going down to do that in a in a couple of months time um, make a bit of garage wicked thing should be interesting should be interesting yeah I forgot to mention that I would have mentioned that to you actually yeah yeah oh well, good this all comes out in conversation lovely lovely yeah, yeah not much change with me since I last see you I've got a hot tub I'm now a hot tub wanker full-blown hot tub wanker um most stupid fucking decision uh, my electricity <laughs> bill has ever made. If you, mate, it's an inflatable one, so it's only the council model, and um, yeah, it costs a fucking fortune to run. If you're going to buy an inflatable hot tub, just be aware that it's minimum like three quid a day in electric before you've even sat in the thing. Um, mate, I would imagine your electric bill is quite high as it is with all the gadgets you've got, mate, you know, before you even introduce a hot tub. I, I mean, don't get me started. I already had a row with Bulb because they were double charging me over some shit. You know what? Oh, mate. That's, a, that's for another podcast on another network. Um, <laughs> you know, I, you know we, it's been a while since we uh, last caught up and there's been some amazing, amazing music out there. You said originally, oh, it's difficult to pick to pick um, some tune, the top three tunes this time around. And you told me I had a short list of 20. <laughs> do you know what like uh, when you said like have you have you picked your tunes and I, I was just kind of like oh yeah i didn't feel this month this month was as strong a month uh for garage as, as previous months and then yeah like you say i lo- loaded up my list and i was like actually i, I retract that statement because i've got loads here to choose from i think it, i think the, the, the difficulty you had was in previous months when we've done the podcast there'd been some real obvious standouts whereas this month it was um there were just lots of decent tunes and it was kind of a bit more of a struggle to to pick the three that really jumped out at me but i've just about managed it i think so um hopefully some stuff in there that you agree with <laughs> uh we've got we've got a nice strong lineup definitely um 
you know, we've been trying to modernise, so we're getting a little preview of, of what we're hearing beforehand, which is, uh, it's a shame. It's like logistically, to, to, to make it sound best for the podcast when we're live, I have to know all the tunes just being played, so we might as well have to share beforehand. But I did like that yeah. when we was doing it originally, and it was like, right, you don't know what this tune is, and it was the first yeah. kind of glance, but... We were like surprising each other, wasn't it? It was like yeah. who, who could psych who could psych the other one out best. Whereas now, yeah, we kind of go and predisposed, as it were. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, we'll have to work that out for for another day. Um, should we crack into the, the top three showdown? Should we go for it? Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so um, I think your your first pick. You've gone for something dropping on or dropped on Lush Records. Yes, I have. I've been I've been waiting, eagerly anticipating this one dropping for a while now because Martin actually uh, contacted me some time ago with this track, and and then obviously it took a bit of time for him to get it signed, and then uh, sort of onto Lush's uh, release schedule because obviously they're quite a busy label. Uh, but yeah, I think it dropped. We're probably going back about four weeks now. I think uh, it was towards the end of June. Um, just a great two-step track. I'm not going to talk too much. Let's get into it first and then we can discuss it. This is Martin Buchanan. Uh, Cut This Tie. It's available everywhere now via Lush Records. Cut this tie. <laughs> now you're cutting in there early, mate. <laughs> It's lovely, man. It's lovely. It's just a lovely musical vibe. Do you know what I mean? At a time where lockdown restrictions are kind of lifted and everyone's kind of moving back towards making real dance floor centric club tracks. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of kind of dubs coming out recently, and there in, in anticipation of the clubs reopening. It's nice to have 
something that's a really strong a really strong musical basis to it and i think that's obviously martin's very obvious forte is the fact that he's you know in a lot of respects he's old school uh, and that goes down to the instrumentation the way he's writing you know it's a nice it's a nice song it's a nice vocal the spanish guitar is brilliant he's a very talented guitarist he's got those lovely pizzicato strings in there uh even the way the track's been produced it's got a real nostalgic turn of the century kind of vibe to it and Obviously, I know we like to discuss forward-thinking tunes on here a lot, and this probably doesn't fall into that category because it's it's nothing that hasn't been done before, but it's just done exceptionally well. Um, just flawless. There's nothing I can fault about it. I, I just really... I, I heard the track, and it's one of those tracks, like, he, he got, in, got, got in contact with me after hearing my album, and he was like, oh, I really like your kind of jazzy vibe. I think you'll like some of what I'm kind of doing. And I didn't really have a basis for what I was going to hear other than that. Um, so I perhaps underestimated how good it was going to be and I hit play and I remember I just went fucking hell like that's really you know turn of the century if you drop this that would have really turned heads do you know what I mean like in terms of well, everything about it it's just spot on um, so props to Martin because you know it's a shame it is, took so long to come out it's my only complaint about it but I'm glad it's finally dropped is it um is it him on the vocal as well it's him on the vocal it's him on the vocal it's him on a guitar it's produced by him he's one of those like multi-talented people and i know like i've spoken to him i've spoken to him a lot and he said like in terms of the vocals he's like i'm not a vocalist uh and he was like you're not going to catch me doing live pas of that in a club anytime soon because i'm not a singer he was like maybe maybe that 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 vocal recording there is like the 30th or 40th take before i get it sounding how i want to but he was like in terms of like being in the studio and being able to write a song like i you know i think what he what he alluded to with me was that actually like he had obviously that backing and he would have liked to have got somebody else to come do the vocals but because it was written smack bang in the middle of lockdown that wasn't a possibility and he went ah do you know what i reckon i can hold a note i'll do it myself Uh, and actually like what he's come out with like that vocal is really it's like a strong vocal as well do you know what i mean everything all the little elements of that that track every single part of it is strong it's engineered well um you know like even the way the drums are programmed in that bass line um yeah and like i said like the, the guitar is brilliant the guitar is brilliant like he's, he's he's an exceptionally good guitarist like he posts up clips of himself on instagram if you're not following him already go and follow him because he, he does like little here's me playing my guitar and you can tell he's obviously he's got musical skills and i think it's just nice it's just nice because there's a lot of there's a lot of people making music there's a lot of producers around uh and it's always refreshing to hear something from somebody who comes from that kind of old school musical background. Not necessarily, it doesn't instantly make them better or anything like that. Uh, but like, if you look at people like um, MJ and Sunship, do you know what I mean? It adds a certain something extra into their tracks that perhaps other people who don't have that musical background lack um, in their tracks. And that's not to say that they're instantly better because of it, but it's just, it kind of, it's like a different side of UKG. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got a lot of people, like I said, making dubs and stuff that is engineered really well and kind of hits the dance floor and it kind of sounds quite topical. And that isn't that track, Cut This Tie, you wouldn't put it into that bracket, but you would go, well, actually, do you know what? That's brilliant. Like musically, that's really good. So it's just nice to kind of shine a light on that and because it's it's that side of Garage, which I think probably at the moment, um, with with all of the clubs reopening and, and the DJs kind of making their selections, they're obviously all picking. Uh, I've se- I've seen a lot of the clips that people are uploading, like, oh, here's my first gig back in Clubland, and a lot of it's quite bass heavy, and and I, and I get that, you know, certain things work better on the dance floor, um, but it's it's nice to have the option to look at something like that and and have that kind of that full spectrum of, of UKG, because you know, from my personal 
subjective my, my taste that kind of thing is more to to my liking than perhaps more of the kind of club dance floor heavy stuff yeah that um that spanish guitar that it gives me like delinquent vibes right uh, interesting you say delinquent yeah yeah do you know i i, I instantly thought of um back up back up back up wookie and lane ah uh, I see it's definitely go got there. a kind of it's got it's got that kind of lane vibe to it isn't it you know what, what he used to do with his his spanish guitar as well yeah yeah i yeah, I, I, yeah that was that was the that was the only bit that ruined that tune for me do you know because <laughs> i like the club the club part of it and then i felt like the spanish guitar on back up back up to me brought it down a bit <laughs> I don't know oh really? Them. Yeah, yeah. See, I thought, I don't know. back, back up, back up, back up, or, or back up to me. I, I think I probably prefer the dub just because I was familiar with the dub, and then the vocal was kind of at it at, at a later date, wasn't it? That's probably one of my favourite tracks of all time. That and, really, and, and one of, yeah, one of the things I liked about it was the Spanish guitar <laughs> and also the violin in that as well. Like it was a prime example of what I was just saying. Like in terms of the, those kind of musical elements, just kind of really. I think that was what set Wookie apart at that time. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I he kind of... I don't know why. It, literally, when I used to hear that, it used to be like, hang on, that shouldn't be there. That was just... It was just... <laughs> I don't, it, it, in, in Martin Schooner, sits beautifully. And uh, yeah. I think it's great, absolutely great work um, on that for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know why. It's just randomly... Well, perhaps, perhaps it's because it's a bit out of kilter with, with what everyone else... Um, everyone else does because you don't you don't hear you don't hear that often in garage do you do you know what i mean i think it's probably fair to say there aren't a lot of people who are technically proficient in terms of producing who can who can also then pick up a guitar and do that that's Mm. probably why you don't hear it so often Uh, and as a result of that it's kind of a slightly unusual texture to hear um so so maybe maybe that was the thing especially at the turn of the century with Wookiee as well do you know what I mean because he you know Wookiee was kind of known for those kind of those 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 shuffled syncopated beats and they were quite tough sounding uh, and his sound kind of had that kind of it always had that that moogie bass going on in it didn't it do you know what I mean it was quite Wookiee kind of appealed to a certain dem- demographic and he, and he kind of trod a line really well between doing stuff that was kind of technically quite sharp but also kind of had a kind of raw edge to it so for him to come with something that had that kind of real light musical tone to it maybe that was maybe that was at odds with what you were hearing at the time I don't know. and you didn't like it because of that I don't know I don't know I mean it, it didn't jar <laughs> on me when I heard it in the Circles remix the, the delinquent remix of Circles it didn't jar on me in there it was it is in that tune right I'm sure that's the tune I'm thinking it, of yeah where. I think it is there was a few delinquent productions ads because Mike's Mike's a, a he's a very yeah. proficient yeah, uh, yeah. guitarist isn't he and he did it he did it later in, in, in some of the Mike delinquent project stuff and then I think a lot of the um, productions he did for Cat as well um, they, they were acoustic and they were kind of Spanish guitar led weren't they um, yeah. yeah well and, anyway not to take anything away from this tune um, <laughs> it's yeah it's I, yeah I, I, I'm, I like it it's good uh Good signing, good signing by Lush. Said uh, what the, the 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 Kathy Hobby mix let me down on that EP as I was saying to you before the show because she's been doing Todd knockoffs real well. Um, I don't know if you want to go into anything about Kathy Hobby on on the on this podcast. Um, I, I was just going to sort of approach in terms of the the remixes in in general terms. I think it's one of those tracks. It's such that the original is so strong, right? That it's really difficult to remix a track like that it's almost i don't i don't want to i don't want to sound negative by saying it was pointless getting it remixed because obviously you do remix you're going to take a track to a slightly different kind of 
uh corners of the market right that's that's the idea of getting remixes done but like a track like that it almost doesn't need a remix you know what i mean i feel like it's strong enough to stand on its own two feet and yeah i I heard the remixes and there was nothing wrong with any of them per se but there was equally nothing that made me go i would play that over the original like it's the original each and every time for me but then perhaps that's that's partly due to my own subjective personal taste obviously that's that that track went right on my jazz step playlist right because it's basically it's the type of thing i live for so yeah, I'd say it's like because I mean the reason I've called out the Kathy Hobby one is because she's kind of up and coming at the moment. Um, EZ, I think, brought her into the public eye, but she done like a dis- disco house mix on this one, and I was really hoping there'd be like a strong, like garagey four four mix she did, like a four four one, and yeah. it was just like completely different direction. I was like, oh, I saw the thing, and I didn't think who's Martin Buchanan and what's this cut this tie song. It was oh, there's a Kathy Hobby remix on this, and I, and I played that first probably. And then I was like, oh, that's a bit of a... Bit of <laughs> Do you know what? You've just, you've just completely contradicted my, my... There's me going, oh, you don't need remixes done. And then you've just given a perfect example of why you do need remixes done. Because <laughs> you, you, like you say, it was the Kathy Hobby one that kind of grabbed your attention to start off with. Although I noticed you obviously listened to the mixes and then elected to play the original on yes, your show, didn't you? because it was the strongest, yeah. baddest... The strongest of the one, yeah. 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 Let's move yeah. on. We've got, we've got lots, <laughs> lots and lots of music to get through. Let's, Indeed uh, we do. So, so, so my first pick uh, is a free download, um, and I love it when this happens. Um, so so I, I follow these guys on SoundCloud. I, I love to find my, my, my freebies, my diamonds in the rough on there, and this one popped up the other week. Uh, it's by a group called Great Skies, and I just and and I, I like it as a, a modern take on on the genre. So this one is uh, Great Skies on the buttons, and it is entitled "I Don't Think About You at All." I don't think about you yourself. I picked another tune before uh, that we said could probably perfectly sit on on Whistler's um, L2S label, and I think this is this is another one of them ones. Like I hear this tune, and there was some like Whistler's label had some great tunes that he's put out. It's like a, that's a whole other era of Forgotten Garage yeah, yeah. that came after the first era of Forgotten Garage. Um, yeah, for sure. But he put stuff out with. Um, Oh, I'm trying to think of some of the tunes that, that was on there that, that, that Resketch was an artist that was on there loads um, that had kind of stuff like this um, there was another one the, the name completely escapes me but I can sing the song in my head mm-hmm. um, you know what I'm, I'm just making a mess of it but I know that this would have sit perfectly on this label I just really liked it it could you know it's gone out as a freebie because it's 
sounds like it's probably not complete. Like, there's not really much of an intro to it if you wanted to mix it as a DJ. Um, that's fine. Um, I even kind of kindly asked Rob to throw this quickly for a master program because it needed a bit of a bit of a buff. Um, but yeah, I, when I dropped this on on radio, I I think I liked it even more than when I first heard it on SoundCloud. It's just a, a, a again again a modern take on the genre, and it doesn't sound like every two step mix since '98, which is something that's going to instantly bring me in. For sure. It's got a nice little 4-4 switch up in there as well, which is always welcome. I love I love a two-step track that kind of switches. That's why I quite often do it myself. But yeah, it's, it's, it's strong, man. It's, there's something about it. It's just kind of got a it's just got a vibe that kind of gets into your head. I think if I was going to be really brutal with it, I would probably say it's just a little bit too busy when it does drop for me. In terms of those, you've got those high-pitched vocal cuts. I almost feel like they could do with, even if it's just eight bars or something, eight or 16 bars, without those where it just kind of lets lets the track breathe a bit uh, and kind of lets the bass kind of drive it along. Um, but all in all, yeah, it's nice, man. It's nice. I, I definitely hear worse tracks uh, coming out as, as paid uh, buyable tunes. So <laughs> fair play to them for, for blessing us with a freebie. Who, who doesn't love a freebie? It's always going to catch our attention, isn't it? Everyone loves a freebie. So, so, so on my mind, when I so the L2S tunes I was thinking of, so... Uh, there was a tune by Sentinels called Love Rhythm, um, which is a classic L2S tune if you've never heard that before. Um, that kind of fits into this this oeuvre of, uh, of music. And then there was another one um, that I'm going to find before we move on to the next tune. Man, I can't... I, when was the last L2S release? 2013? It was no, quite it's a got, while ago, but there was there was many many releases to choose from, wasn't there? Let's be honest, it was prolific, prolific back then. There, there's one that I was caning, and I've it's driving me up the wall that I can't remember who it's by. Let's move on. Anyway, that was my <laughs> that was uh, that's probably my weirdest pick this week. I reckon. Um, so we, we that's can your kind your, of you're your out there one. <laughs> that's 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 as out there as it gets. Um, well. <laughs> In in my uh, in my in my uh, additional seven, there's a real real fucking wonky one in there that you'd have to check. <laughs> to do you know um, what? My my choices are all pretty. Um, I don't want to say run of the mill. That makes it that sounds like a negative. Don't mean it as a negative. But I, yeah, I haven't really got any kind of uh, what was it you referred to it like a wild card. I haven't got any wild cards. I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm being fairly cards. I'm being fairly predictable across the board this week. I think you could probably pick you know guess what I'm going to choose. But when, uh, when, um, should I roll into? I was going to say, when I used to go out um, with DJing once upon a time and they actually allowed me to play in clubs, um, when I did my playlists of like tunes I wanted to pick from, I'd have like Lively, Classics, Bass Heavy, and then my bottom folder would be Wildcard, and that'd be like my kind of random ones that I'd be scared to play, but I'd, <laughs> but I'd really want to play them. <laughs> those Wildcard ones are good though, because you know that you're going to have one or two reactions to those, right? It's either going to set a club off or fail miserably. I guess that's why you're scared to play them. But yeah, every now and then you're going to drop one and it's going to work out to be a Completely. gem. <laughs> and my, and my last L2S one, it was by Delivery that had no vowels in the name and it was called These Words. And that tune, I've absolutely rinsed that tune. You've never listened you know, to that on L2S. Interesting you, you use that as an example because like These Words, right, really short, snappy title. I was talking about this with the wife the other day because I was rounding the track off. And it's one of those ones that's kind of built around a little vocal hook and it was quite a wordy one. And I was like, oh yeah, I was thinking of calling it and I can't remember what, what, what I ended up calling it. I can't remember what the vocal hook is. Uh, one of many tunes I've been churning out. But I said, I was thinking of calling it this and the wife went, you can't call it that. And it was similar to that that one you just played. I don't think about you at all. That's quite a mouthful for a track yeah, title. Right? There ain't yeah. many, there ain't, you, you know you've got a strong track if you can 
get away with calling it something that lengthy. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, I Don't digress. Be a Moving on to my... South Central while drinking. <laughs> while drinking gin and juice in the hood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, next one then. Are we, are we rolling into the next one? Are we ready? Oh, I'm, I'm, ready? Yeah, I'm just hoping that my iTunes does not completely shit the bed and keel over. But I think I'm ready to play. <laughs> you want to introduce I've it? Been, I've been itching to talk about this one for ages because I absolutely love it and I, I cannot. Um, verbalise how positively I feel about it. Let's get into it. It's Marvel and Eli featuring Charlene Hector. Uh, it's the Jade Lion two-step mix of Learned My Lesson and it's available now via Marvelous Records. And iTunes is going to play it <laughs> right now. said before the show um real artful dodger vibes and i don't think i appreciated the how much how, how much of that kind of uh, vibe it's given off until i re-listened to it then with you yeah i feel like if you if you ever got artful dodger and mj cole in the studio together they'd come up with something that sounded quite similar to that it's definitely elements of mj in those little string riffs and then obviously you've got that kind of artful dodgery guitar and i mean the chords the chord sequence over the chorus is just beautiful it's just that it's just that progression is just lovely you just don't hear that kind of thing all that often especially in a garage track but it's just oh man i could i could sit here and i could listen to that all day um charlene fucking brilliant vocalist she's done some great stuff over the years and she gives a real real good account of herself on that track right there um i feel bad i'm talking over marvel's bars here marvel drops some nice bars um original strong i really like what jade's done with it taking it down that two-step avenue like he's, he's, he's one of those people like obviously marvel and eli um kind of from back in the day jade's obviously from back in the day as well did some big tunes back then um he's been a kind of off doing that broken beat thing as i understand i think he's got some different aliases he uses for that um but what a great way to kind of drop back into garage with 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 something like this because um, it's just a real like you say it's got that artful dodger kind of vibe to it it's just a real summer radio friendly track 
I don't think you're going to hear it in many clubs. Do you know what I mean? Like, much like the last one that, that, that we talked about, like the Martin Buchanan one, it's probably going to flop on the dance floor just because, Garrett, you know, the, the, the club scene has kind of moved along um, a little bit and kind of moved away from that kind of vibe. But uh, beautiful radio, sofa, cruising, listening, just just brings a smile to my face every time, man. Happy days. It's a, It's just, it's grown up. It's mature. Um I'd say I I'm I feel bad. I underappreciated it when I come in when I first when I first got it when it first dropped into my inbox. I definitely underappreciated it. Um, listening back to it kind of end to end, full on, you can you can really kind of get a, a nice feel for how much of a mature production it is. Um, I've part of that is I think the amount just for me to make complete excuses here and to hope that Mark Marvel placates me for this. <laughs> um, my my workflow for preparing for a radio show of being able to get like god knows how many hundreds of tunes down to the 48 that I play or so you know some of these tunes I'm not listening to for longer than three seconds if that like you literally have to go bang and my ear has to say does that fit into my micro genre okay let's have a bit more of a listen or no move on um, and I just I don't think I gave this as n- enough of a chance um, it, yeah, it's lovely. It's just well done, guys. All round, everyone on that one. The, the vocal's great. Um, you know, the, the, the original concept's great. The bars from Marvel's amazing. Remix is nice. I, f- I don't even know if I've heard the original the original mix of this. You said it was 4-4, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think the Marvelino original one is kind of a 4-4, a rolling 4-4 thing. It's quite bumpy. It's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, I think obviously what, what Jade's done with the remix really complement what struck me about jade's remix is it really it complements charlene's vocal particularly well uh, and that's why he's it, it, kind of approached it from a song perspective right it kind of goes back to what i was saying about martin's productions as well you know you've you've got that to the two sides of garage haven't you you've got the stuff that's kind of club ready um and and there's more of an emphasis on the sounds that have been used and, and maybe being a bit bass heavy and, and doing things a little bit differently and then you've got the people who kind of go right Let's approach this like a song, and, and that's what Jade's done really well there um, to, to sort of put his spin on it. Um, and yeah, like, like I say, Charlene's a you know she's a strong, strong vocalist with a lot of credits to her name. Weird thing about that is as well, uh, my missus has got a real thing for first dates. You know that Channel Four program. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I've, I've never watched it. I know of it. You never watched it. Do you know what? In terms of car crash reality TV, it's it's, it's one of the better ones. Uh, so she quite often has that on in the evenings. And weirdly, Charlene Hector, who's on that track, was on first dates. And I was watching this um, this episode. It was like a rerun from like last year or something. Right. I was watching this episode of First Dates with my missus. Um, and Charlene was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a vocalist. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely heard her on a few tracks. And I think she tours with Basement Jacks, right, and does, does some of the stuff on their, their tunes. Uh, and then the next day, I think it was, it was like literally the very next day, Marvel posted, just purely by chance, Marvel posted on his Instagram, um, you know, here's our new track with Charlene Hector. What do you think? And I was just like, <laughs> what are the chances of that, man? What are the chances? Yeah. And I've been on his case ever since. Just like, send me that tune, man. Send me that tune. Can't wait for that to come out. So I think that's just dropped on, on Bandcamp over the past week or two um, I don't know if it's widely available yet I don't think it's available via uh, correct me if I'm wrong Marvel I, I hope I'm not doing any injustice here I don't think it's widely available just yet I've got a feeling it's due out any day now or maybe it came out what's the date today? 
Sunday. Maybe it came out. Maybe it came out Friday. I probably should have checked. That we are we recording started, on really. the twenty fifth of July. That doesn't mean it's going to drop <laughs> on the same day. <laughs> I double check that. If it's not out already, it's definitely out imminently. But you can get it off the marvelous uh, Bandcamp at the minute. So, mate, always a good now. way directly supporting the label. Uh, Absolutely, more closely. get get that yeah. get that uh, money straight into their coffers and not into sure. uh, anyone else. They don't um, have to lose seventy five, eighty percent of the 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 the, 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 uh, the revenue to whatever platform is hosting it or more than that if you're talking about streaming services completely right so we'll move on to mine it's my obvious pick um revisiting my uh, go-to american label for 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 new artists at the moment uh and we're back we're back down in in bristol with opperden on this one uh, she released the uh the morning miggy ep um this is the other side to that uh, that i i really liked uh this is a tune uh entitled colgate uh, if we can get past the spinning beach balls on my Mac, Oppidan Colgate. <laughs> So hype! <laughs> Absolutely love it. Um, it's oh, go on. I was going to say it's a pleasure to hear somebody kind of um, solidly delivering a kind of bass heavy two step vibe because there's not a whole lot of people that kind of can pull off what she's done there as well as that. Do you know what I mean? Like at the moment, there's a lot of kind of bass heavy four four around. There's a kind of I don't know. My perception there's a lack of kind of real strong kind of bass-led two-step like that that kind of skips in that way that does mod, mod, yeah modern modern dubby two-step it's there um there's a, there's a there's only a few people that are doing it exceptionally well that are not emulating something from yesteryear there's a yeah. lot of lb rip-offs real bad lb rip-offs going around um not to shit too much on shall not fade slash the time is now label um that make lots of money out of vinyl based on nostalgic standing two-step um some of that stuff can be a bit diluting the waters with stuff that just sounds samey to me and not exciting um, i do play a lot of it not but some of it is just a bit like uh, okay thanks like could you pay royalties to lb on this um, <laughs> but I mean, back to the actual subject of this this tune here, Colgate. Um, I mean, I, I love the. It, it, I think it's done for the Spotify generation with the intro, kind of uh, the way it, it just drops straight in with nothing other than the kind of the pads and the build up, and then the uh, the arpeggiator thing or whatever you'd call it in the background going up and down. Um, love that shit. Uh, and mm-hmm. then the way the bass is kind of on the offbeat when it comes in. Uh, just ah. Oh. 
hype and I love it. I just I, I love the way it's all put together, the you know the the levels of it, the mix down, the the sounds used, all of it is just phenomenal work, Opadan. Um, and you know it just shows like she's renowned for doing real good four four, and then she just pisses out amazing two step as well. <laughs> so uh, yeah, she's waking it's up a strong- and pissing excellence. It's a, it's a strong track. I mean, I, I said to you before we um, started rolling with the show that my my choice from the EP would have been Morning Miggy itself. I, I, that was my my preference, uh, but certainly nothing wrong with that track either. It, it, all in all, it's a strong release. She's she's um, she's very her work rate. She's very efficient, uh, and she's consistent. Man, like everything she puts out is 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 on point. Uh, I've got a lot of time for Opera Dan. I, th- I think she does some really interesting stuff, and I like her approach as well. And, and that track's a good example of it. As is Morning Miggy. Um, it kind of there's elements of it that kind of uh, hark back to that kind of future garage era uh, in terms of the sound design and some of the, like the, the the recordings and little sound effects that she she has in the tracks that not a lot of people can kind of pull off. Uh, particularly, it, it doesn't sound shoehorned in there. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't sound like some people like I don't want to sound negative or criticize anyone, but sometimes like I hear track that, tracks that sound like a little bit. Uh, futuristic and, and and kind of out there and it's almost like someone's heard a bit of burial and then just gone oh, i want to try and do a two-step track with like a little bit of a burial influence but i feel like opidan kind of treads a real fine line nicely between doing this stuff that's kind of a bit soundscapey uh, but also quite club ready uh, and i think that com- comes across quite well in her sets as well in terms of her her selections you know she's a, a solid dj and all you know all-round impressive um sort of up-and-coming artist so um props to her I mean, I, I think almost burial almost killed the future garage genre, as it were. I would say, I think when that was sort of coming in to be a big thing, I don't want to divert too much from the subject of this new tune, but it's like you know, future garage was basically wonky music that didn't sound like quite like a lot of it was musically incorrect. You could almost say it was weird sounds, but then there was like the weird part, and then there was that kind of soundscapey atmospheric bit. Um, and the soundscapey atmospheric stuff was more going down where burial would eventually end up and then I think when burial like hit and everyone just like you know just collectively jizzed their pants over him uh, <laughs> and he was so successful I think everyone then decided that anything that sat in that space was a bad attempt at being burial and now any any song I remember famously um, Mo- Mo- who was the guy that made backs was it Mos- Moscow I think it was DJ Moscow. He famously wrote off Future Garage um, as being a bunch of shit burial ripoffs. I think he said something along those lines. And by come kind of the middle of the tens, that was true. Like they, everyone was just, you know, you can tell it was just boring. They'll find an atmospheric sound, play that for a long bit, and then have a slow two-step beat with a bass line. It's, it, 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 yeah. it stopped exciting me, and it was a shame. Um, I can understand that. I think I was probably the only person on the planet that wasn't kind of on that burial hype uh, in a massive way like everyone else was. And I don't think that was specifically because of anything that he did or didn't do. I think it was because it kind of reminded me of my my days at uni. Um, and I, I, I mean, you know me, I, I studied music at uni. I studied music tech and then I did composition. Um, but where I went to uni, there was quite an emphasis on soundscapes. Uh, and I ended up being kind of forced to make a lot of that kind of stuff back, you know, in the kind of early noughties and it never really did anything for me. So when everyone else was kind of spunking over burial, I was there kind of going, oh, it sounds like all that shit I was being made to do back in 2002. Um, 
all due props to Berio because he did very well from it. It's a fair play, mate. But, mate uh, I, yeah, I, no, I, I get where you're coming from. I, I've never really been on the burial train. I don't, want, I don't want to suddenly just drop some sort of bomb, <laughs> but I've never really... Yeah, I, in fact, I mean, I don't know whether I can honestly say I've ever listened to one of his tunes all the way through. <laughs> That's Do you know what is interesting? That there is there is some of his... Uh, some of his there's, I've, not, I've noticed re- somewhat recently, and I don't know, I don't know if you've spotted this as well, or if I'm talking out my ass, please correct me if you if you would disagree. I've noticed there's quite a strong uh, insurgence of, of, of Scottish producers and Scottish artists who I can only assume are quite heavily influenced by Burial, but are making some really cool shit. Um, some some kind of soundscapey, future garagey two-step, which is well worth a listen. People like Poolside Convo, um, Jack Josh, is it Jack Josh? Hang on, let me double check that because I don't want to give out the duff information if my computer just wake up. I think it's Jack Josh. Mate, you just told me about a whole Jack new Jack Josh. There you go. Whole new subgenre of Scottish future it's, garage. It's like it's like a little in a, whether it's specifically Scottish. What I've noticed because obviously, like uh, I know you're not really on the Spotify thing. Um, <laughs> My Spotify, my Spotify release radar and Discover Weekly regularly seems to kick up this real kind of ambient. Um, sonically quite interesting high-paced two-step uh, and I've noticed that a number of the artists that are on there uh, are Scottish um, Scottish artists uh, so I don't know if that is specifically a thing that's kind of coming out of Glasgow or something I don't know w- what the basis for that is but um, keep it coming lads because uh, I'm enjoying Scotch it Scotch step and, uh, watch this Scotch space. step I like that <laughs> <laughs> now, my favourite um, Scottish artist we'll throw out there is a guy called Hostage um, he made some amazing garage uh, probably about five, six, seven years ago now, and he went into kind of tech house. But check him out if you haven't. He's got some banging EPs. Um, so we move on to your next one. Yeah, we've digressed massively there, haven't we? Uh, my no, next it's one. What it's all about. We're going on a journey, right? It's a garage journey. <laughs> I'm mindful you're as conscious of us overrunning into like three hour podcast territory, <laughs> though, aren't you? Um, my next one's from a guy that I've been rating massively, and I don't feel like he's getting the the credit he deserves. So I'm more than happy to give him a little shout out on the podcast and hopefully point a few people uh, in his direction because Baker uh, needs some love. Trust me. This track is out now on his label, Big Boy Beats, and it's called Never Coming Back. Never coming back, never coming back, no. And I never coming back, never coming back, no. 
Where's the vocal Mate. from? <laughs> Good question. Good question. You'd have to ask Baker that. I don't know. I don't know if it's. Uh, I don't know if he's got a vocalist in or if they're, if they're cuts from sample kits or, or, or what. But um, it's strong, isn't it? It's um, one of those tracks, man. Like I've got uh, my hairs. Hairs are standing on end. Do you know what? <laughs> what it is about Baker that I really like. What he does really well. And it's. I feel like it's like. I don't want to. I always feel like if you refer to someone as talented, it almost undermines the hard work they put in to get to where they're at. Right. So I don't mean it as a negative I mean it as a positive there are some people who are just really good at making music that gives you the feels do you know what I mean and I feel like Baker's tracks without fail always kind of they, I don't, they, they make me feel emotional they're just like really strong feeling tracks and this is a great example he did it brilliantly a few months back with a track called uh, I think it was Someone to Hold uh, if you haven't checked that out I strongly recommend going and giving that a listen um, he's releasing I mean I, I spoke to him somewhat recently and he was just like oh I'm, I'm not as um, he made a comment to the effect of he's not as uh, consistent as he would like to be he's not consistently putting music out but I, he's definitely putting out a track every month or something which and and they're all strong like this so i said to him give yourself more credit man you know like life gets in the way and i'd sooner hear quality over quantity um but yeah it's it's self-released via big boy beats and if you go through on beatport do you know whatever your favorite platform is listen back to the tracks he's been putting out they're they're strong man they they need more eyes on them Uh, they deserve more eyes on them or is as the case may be and uh this is a good example of why top tune uh i said to you at the start before we were recording I kicked off I don't know if it, I think it's my even my last no it was two shows back this was my start first opener song um, it's a great song it's just it's really like you said you've said a lot about it I've, I can't really put any different take on it it's a, it's a lovely tune great pick great pick um, we'll, we'll wind it down I don't, I don't want to just overdo that so amazing let's gosh <laughs> we get it he's good um no, great work baker thank you for continuing to put out amazing music please I'm keep my coming mate. support what you're doing right this one this one is gonna i'm gonna ask a real granddad question on this one because i don't know where the vocals <laughs> from um so i this must have got like reposted on soundcloud this tune i want to talk about uh and i it was i'd never heard it before and i got it from band Cla- uh, band camp band clamp that's somewhere else <laughs> um and so it's a it's an artist called magic flowers and this tune is called shameless if you know where the vocals from please holler at me because i haven't got a clue anyway let's uh let's get it playing see love, see love. who's gonna love you like me like me Be there for you. 
I mean, it's really unfortunate that you're getting the watered-down Skype version of that tune. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I say I found it, and it's this is like a hidden gem for me. It's absolutely banging. Uh, is it a pop vocal that I don't know about because I'm a granddad? Is my first question. I'm not a hundred percent up to date with pop. I've not been finding a lot of time to listen to the radio recently, but I would strongly suspect that that is a weekend vocal. I was going to say weekend. Sa- sounds yeah. heavily like the weekend to me. Um, I would almost bet money on it. Um, oh, it's, it's really nicely done though. It, it, whatever vocal it is, wherever that vocal's from, it's a real nice use of it. And um, uh, the arrangement of that track is, is really cool. I don't know if on the original vocal, he's got that, uh, you know that pitch down bit that was just playing a minute ago i don't know if that's on the original vocal or if that's something that the producer has added in there uh it made me think back to last month when we, or it might be the month before actually when we were talking about people re-pitching vocals and stuff and how people do it and it sounds shit but that is a good example of one that doesn't sound bad it's it's creatively done quite well it adds something to proceedings little 4-4 switch as well happening oh, right now four, four switch. we love a 4-4 four, four switch we love a 4-4 four, four switch um yeah it is a weekend vocal that's just I'm, I'm sorry i'm a granddad and i don't listen to pop music um it was called <laughs> shameless uh released in 2015 um but yeah it's um it's really well done like even when you hear the way they've processed the vocals like the way it kind of bounces on the beat it's so nice um and the sounds they've used again it's just a modern take on the genre and um and I don't know who, who Magic Flowers is, but well done. Um, take yeah, it from their Trip that. Trip Flips EP. Uh, grab that on a on a band camp somewhere. Uh, yeah, thank you, thank you, Magic is Flowers. That, is that whole EP free then, just out of interest? Or? No, I, I think that's pay for it. I'm pretty sure. Oh, it's a paper. Tried. It's a paper one, is it? Yeah, okay. I chucked okay. in some money. Um, yeah. Yeah, you got to throw the artists a bone every now and again, you guys. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> 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 I might throw you a pound. If you're lucky, um, cool. <laughs> That's uh, that was um, that was that was our modern music. Um, we, we've got our, our our usual roundup that we do, right? So, for those that maybe new listeners or or you know listened before, we we are Rob is very kindly maintaining a a beautiful Spotify playlist of uh, in the UK garage recommends, uh, and because of this, every show we round up our top threes with uh, with an additional seven to make it a top ten. So we're just going to run through um, the other tunes we had for this this month's episode to go onto that playlist. Um, last show we went one for one with a one sentence explanation of what the tune is. Um, are you good to do that again, Rob? I think so. I'm just looking through my list now, thinking I can't remember how that one goes, but I, you know I might just ad lib something and we'll see what comes out my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember we've got the backup I invented Scar UKG, right? You can just say it's Scar KG and no one will know. No one will know. All right, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I'll start with a, a very obvious selection for me, which is uh, Sugar by Matt Jam Lamont and Echelon, uh, featuring Siren Rivers. Uh, it's available now via Underground Freaks uh, and it's just a lovely, soulful um, two stepper. N- enough said. You just If you haven't heard it, go check it out. My first pick is by The Goose. The Goose is Loose, Infamous Goose, uh, releasing on Nouvelle Records called Closer. I've been supporting The Goose for a few years now, and it's great to see him out on Nouvelle with an amazing piece of two-step. 
Do you know what? You've stitched me right up there because that was also on my list. But I'm, not, I'm now going to have to refer to my backup list <laughs> to, to replace to replace that. Props to props to Infamous Geese because that that track is banging. Uh, second one I've got is uh, by Lausin and Situel. I hope I'm saying that right. I think I am. It's called Feel and it's available now via Keychain Records. Uh, we showcased um, one of the Keychain releases on the last podcast, uh, and I feel this this track is a good extension uh, of what the the label's sound appears to be developing into, which is a real kind kind of soulful eclectic uh sort of mixed bag of vibes it's, it's really high level production highly recommended my next choice is uh off of the club ready compilation from garage shed uh, by how howden and it's called carbon uh it's a four four stomper therefore when the clubs reopen check out club ready uh lots of bangers on there Good choice on that one, man. Uh, I've also got next up the Higo. Re- uh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the in the garage podcast if we didn't have a Higo track somewhere in here, would it? I've got the Higo remix of Closer uh, by Jaden Thompson. Uh, lovely, catchy, soulful two stepper. I think just about every track I've got on my list this week is two step. I normally try and mix it up and go for like a little bit of four four, a little bit of bass heavy stuff. There's just a lot of nice soulful vibes around at the minute. This is a great example of that. There was another. There was a Higo track. There's been a couple Higos. No, okay, let's not digress. Uh, my <laughs> my next one uh, is a guy that is, you know, he's pretty big uh, and he's made a name for himself already, but he's put him, he's been putting tunes out regularly recently, Royalty, and he put out a 4-4 clubby tune called Echo Park. Echo Park, I've been told, is a place in LA, and that's why it's got kind of that uh, Dr. Dre-esque LA vibes in, the, in, the, uh, uh... in there with a the whistly sound that he's done, so little Easter egg there. Check that one out, banger. Thank you for clearing that up for me because I was listening to that track in the car with my daughter the other day and she went, why is it called Echo Park? And I didn't have an answer, but I did point out that it had a West Coast kind of vibe to it. So that completely fits. Uh, anyway, I, I, I'm waffling. Uh, <laughs> next one on my list is is my second uh, Marvel and Eli track uh, this week. It's the Tough Culture dub of Gin and Tonic, which feels like it's been around for absolutely forever, uh, but got a sort of release relatively recently. Uh, and it's uh, a banging bass heavy 4-4 track that needs some love blinding um the next one i've only got half of the artist um i know i think i know who it is do i i'm just okay i'm gonna go with a different one (laughs) um (laughs) uh yeah so the next one is uh badger and this is a track entitled canopy it's off the avrex airwaves 3 compilation third set of the avrex airwaves compilations which have all been banging this is a top tune from badger off of there uh two-step vibes make sure you check it out Really threw me when I heard that because it wasn't what I was expecting at all. Um, it just goes to show how diverse Badger's sort of palette is. Um, d- d- next one on my list. So I keep commenting on your ones. I'm supposed to be concentrating on doing the sentence, and I I get getting sidetracked. Um, next one, oh, very very obvious one. We couldn't we couldn't not mention DJQ and Hans Glader featuring Shola Ammer. Uh, I can't stay, which is available now via Local Action Records. Uh, I just feel it's everything that UKG right, needs right now. It's two of my favourite producers with uh, a sort of classic old school vocalist and the results are exactly as you would expect them to be. Hans Glader. It's going to be tight between him and Higo for Artist of the Year. <laughs> uh, right, this is what I was trying to get at. So we've got Danny Blaze and Ruby Creed. Uh, they've done a tune called Smile. Uh, Laura Alice did an extended mix, uh, remix on it. Uh, four four bumpiness, and it's uh, great to see Laura Alice putting more stuff out there. You first uh, showcased her, I think, uh, to me, way back. 
Indeed, yeah, yeah. Few, few, we're, we're ahead of the grain on, on in the garage, aren't we? That was a few months back now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who've I got next? Oh, oh, next on my list, I've got this this little known fellow who, who deserves more credit uh, called Phonetics uh, <laughs> with a track with a track called Other Plans, uh, which is available now on Strictly Flavor. Um, obviously, I'm slightly biased, and and this is completely not me saying it about my own track. I'm just gonna to avoid sounding like a complete prick. I'm gonna say what other people have said to me. A few people have said to me it's the sound of the summer. So if you if you want some light, airy fairy, soulful two step, go check it out. Awesome, it's a, it's a banging track. I really want to take the piss out of you for it, for for picking it. But you I can't, go man. ahead, take the piss. I can't, on, I can't no, do ahead. it, man. It's not fair. <laughs> It's a, you know, it's just you top top caliber shit. Well done. Um, <laughs> Thanks, mate. Uh, more more night base obvious pick, but it's got to be done. Uh, MPH spend the night. Uh, you know, he's just consistent, consistency, consistency, consistency. I don't I know nothing more. Uh, the the work rate of MPH is just second to none. It's phenomenal. I swear the geezer's got like an EP coming out every week. It's insane. Uh, I'm just gonna. Bear with me a second. I'm going to have to refer to my backup list because my next choice was uh, closer by Infamous Goose, but some some fool has stitched me up and stolen it. How about you go? You, you go with your next choice, and I'll find one from my backup list. Right. So my my last one that I've got on my list uh, is an Austrian guy called Volume, and it's uh, V O L J U M, and the track is called Half Overcast. Um, how do I sum this up in a sentence? It is sound design that will screw with your brain like dmt uh it's a, <laughs> it's a journey it's you need an open mind to listen to it but please check it out i played it on my show and it's just wonky goodness that's it i'm in two i'm having a, a crisis here because i'm in two minds i've got two tracks here that i'd love to talk about i you know i'm going to go with dj crisps uh because i'm a big fan of crisps i like i like uh he's kind of got his own uh, his own take on the genre does some really interesting stuff. He's turned out a few tunes recently that I've really liked. Uh, most recently, he released uh, No Dirty Money on Time Is Now Records. And I just love the bass line on it. The bass patch is just, it's got this kind of one of those detuned basses that just kind of makes your head go a little bit. And I want to hear it in a club and I'm looking forward to hearing it in a club. I've, I've had a lot of, lot of good feedback on that one. Um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a popular choice. Great, great work. And again, I shat on them earlier. This uh, you know, shall not fade. Time is now. Uh, is is it will come out on one of them? It's um, yeah. Big up crisps. I think he's Dutch, right? Yeah, he's Dutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blinding. So that's it. Um, subscribe to the uh, in the garage recommend Spotify playlist, and that is uh, you can easily get there as uh, in the UK forward slash recommends. Nice. Let's do it. Let's do our uh, our usual way back when stuff and start talking about our favourite period of garage. Um, heading back, heading back to the forgotten years, eh? Yes. We, we we discussed we discussed um, last last month. Um, I can't remember what we discussed, but we we went off. Oh, we were talking. We we showcased some scandalous, didn't we? And then we ended up kind of going down the route of discussing a few different artists. And I think we specifically said back then, right? Next month, we're going to have one overdue selection of a Duncan Powell track and, and, and a selection of uh, one of the Midnight Circus tracks. So I've I've drawn Duncan Powell and I've gone with a not so obvious one because I didn't want to be too predictable. I feel like a lot of people would probably expect you to, to pick Duncan's mix of There's Nothing Like This because that was kind of a seminal Duncan release that kind of turned heads uh, when, you know, it turned a lot of heads. Um, liked that one. Liked a lot of what Duncan did. Um, but me being me, I kind of always tend to go for two-step 
if given the choice. Uh, and he did a track on True Tiger, which I think featured on one of their mixtapes with Jai Box and Doctor called Girl I'm Feeling You. Uh, and it's just an absolutely beautiful summer track, which is playing now. whether it was actually released on any vinyl um, I couldn't find one I don't believe it was I, I think the only way you could get it was on one of the uh, the mix I say mixtapes I think they were CDs but they were referred to as mixtapes I think and Duncan please correct me if I'm wrong I think that was on volume 2 uh, but what a vibe man it's like one of those productions as well when you kind of break it down and start putting it under the scope it's really simple but like it's simple but effective what he's done is just it's just such a nice vibe and the vocals just Lovely, gets right in your head as well. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a, you know, Duncan was a, a staple of that period of time, and I think that that resurgence of the the wonky four four sound um, was driven definitely by by him as well as other people. Yeah. Um, I, we were saying if we like, I was, at the start of the show, we were discussing what what would we pick for a tune. If I had to pick a four four tune. Um, I wouldn't have picked Omar. Um, Omar was the kind of one that everyone wanted, and I think it was more because it was exclusive rather than like his better kind of production. Um, I, I would have picked something wrong when he when he, he chopped up that really kind of old song into the into that four four um, tune, and that was kind of on stereo hype, and, yeah. and that was that's probably my second Duncan vinyl I ever bought, and it was the the first time when I kind of listened to a new school 4-4 tune we just had a, a, a different gimmick of the, the way that he kind of slowed it down into this um, old school tune and then brought it into 4-4 choppiness I, I loved the, the way that he did it like the, yeah. I, I preferred that so much more to the kind of Omar filtering in and out stuff like something wrong was so much better um, and, and my two step pick would have been um, on True Tiger Volume 5 I think it was um, which was Looking Hard which is obviously just a, a genuine track chopped up and two-stepped as, uh, as someone close to me once said um, <laughs> but uh, but you know that tune I, I was that was a two-step tune that I was thirsty for I was I was yeah. anticipating that for a long time and was very happy was a to lot see of hype it. yeah around yeah. that one was a I lot was of so hype happy when it dropped sure uh, yeah. the, the, the drums, the drums on that one as well. Like, uh, like you said, it's really, it's really simple. But the drums on that one hit so hard when you hear them on a club system, particularly that snare. 
Um, like I feel like only Duncan would have thought to use that snare in the way he did, but it it works so well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I must admit, like I had a bit of a job deciding which Duncan tune to pick to, to showcase because, um, in terms of you know, he was kind of the MPH of back then, wasn't he? In terms of work rate, there was just seemed to be a million Duncan tunes around all at once, and the quality level was it was consistent. Um, so nothing but undying respect for for, for the man Duncan. I feel um, you know probably deserves more love in the modern era than he gets just for uh, what he kind of contributed to the scene in that kind of lost era um, and as I say I could have picked any one of a number of tracks this this is just the ice and it's just it's just a, a a small piece of the puzzle do you know what I mean you could you could go through and pick any number I think weirdly a lot of people I think I said to you before the show a lot of people if you sat them down and went, what's your favorite Duncan Power tune they would pick a 4-4 track but actually I I myself I prefer and it might just be because subjectively I, I tend to, to go for two step over four four um, I think possibly it's just because I found his non four projects were sort of slightly more creative I don't know whether that was intentional or conscious on his part um, they were just a bit more kind of out there like he, he did he did a load of stuff that was just different it was you know you could always pinpoint it as Duncan he definitely had his sound um, kind of kind of like tough culture do you know what I mean he kind of dotted around and did different bits but you could still identify it as Duncan uh, but I definitely preferred like tracks like this um, i trying to think what the track that went out on one of the Riddler dubs EPs was because I love that I'll let you know it kind of started it had this kind of skippy kind of almost half step intro and then kind of went into a kind of four full roller that was cool uh, and then obviously he did he did a lot of bootleg stuff as well and the, the quality level always remained high with the bootlegs because uh, you know a lot of people who like it and particularly in that area you, you listen to their tunes and their original tracks had a lot of love in them and then you could hear from a mile off that the bootlegs were just to make a few quid and there was no love in them i'm not going to mention any names <laughs> because i don't want to sound negative but you could tell the artists that were just going fuck it i'll do a remix because i can put it out there and sell a few hundred vinyl and make a few quid off it uh but i, I never really felt i never got that impression from duncan's bootlegs i felt like he always approached every track he did irrespective of what it was whether it was a remix original or a bootleg he always approached it from the perspective i want to i want to get this just right and i think that's probably part of why he had such a a big and loyal fan base around that time because there was the you know the respect for that kind of quality control i mean i i think i remember him telling me a story about one of his bootlegs got bootlegged off him yeah it did I know, I know exactly the track you mean. I know exactly who it was. And, and they, yeah, and they, they pressed, they pressed the one two eight MP three. Apparently, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, I suppose there we better was, not mention there was a, names. There was a bit of that around, around back then. I mean, it's, it's a staple of the dance music scene, isn't it? Really, unfortunately, it, it's a shame though because that particular remix that we obviously can't mention that was probably a bit of a diversion from his usual flavour. If you think about it, it was a bit more breaky, really. If anything. Um, and and I really like that one, but yeah, I'd wait, as soon as he's like, oh yeah, that was pre- that was from a one two eight MP three, and they pressed it without my permission, and then I, you listen back to it, and it's like, oh yeah, that is muddy. That's why I yeah. never really got on with it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's about Duncan as well. I mean, we we met up through the forgotten years and, and wanted to to talk. We talked me, you, and Duncan talked and wanted to reinvigorate the scene. And, and Duncan had these visions of doing kind of new takes on things and and he he started that whole series of um his mod more modern w- new twisted sound that he created which was just using different samples 
Um, yeah. They were, were not, they weren't just, it just weren't what part of his old repertoire. And it was, it, it was kind of future garage, but it was more his own kind of take on it. And, and that yeah. was definitely a different direction that he went. And I don't think that ever got the traction that it deserved. No, um, I agree. But, you know, that, he, had, was, he had a lot of passion, though. Was that called the, was, was that the, the push, the push EP, I think? It yeah, was, the push it? EP was the start of the push EP project was what yeah. kind of how it started. Right. But he, he just kind of started smashing tunes out one after the other that was all like his new take on things. And again, just you've got to admire dedication and, and the love for it and, and, the, and just the talent again to not be patronizing. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a shame that he doesn't make music anymore, for sure. It is. It is. It's a big, it was, you know, a big loss to the scene. I think the day where um, Duncan decided to focus on driving cars at the weekend instead of making tunes. But um, got to respect to, you know, he did, he, he did his legwork over the years. He put a lot of time and graft into the scene. And, and, he, and he, you know, I think he achieved a lot, uh, perhaps, perhaps more than he realised. I think if you, if you look at his, his following is still there now. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, it's difficult to, um, I think in the modern day to kind of grow your fan base when you're not releasing music but there's still a large core of people there that you know do know about Duncan uh, maybe some of the newer cats that, that arrived a bit later on don't but um, you know he's, he's left a legacy um, I think Para once famously said to me something to the effect of that guy deserves a, a fucking lifetime achievement award for his <laughs> contributions to Garage or something to that effect and you know com- coming from someone with the skills that Para has I think that that speaks volumes so um, you know big up Big up, big up, big man, big up Duncan. Um, you know. it, it made me think in, in doing these kind of sections and how, how when we were starting them and it's like, well, we've got to pick a tune to talk about. It made me feel like we're showcasing tunes, but we should be showcasing artists and we should be looking at, you know, a repertoire rather than just here's one tune that we've picked. Um, yeah. That's kind of what it's turned into anyway, right? I know there are certain tunes that are kind of, uh, you know, seminal or, um, you know, just bangers that that were of the of the age. But in talking about Duncan and and the next act, it's like there's a whole kind of set of stuff that you'd love to talk about, really. Um, yeah, for sure. It's just it's such a shame that that, that these tunes, you know, and, we, and we've said it before, and I would harp on about it all day, giving half the chance. But it's just such a shame that these tunes are effectively lost in time, aren't they? Uh, I, I, you know, there, there's part of me, I mean, I've lost lost touch with Stans over the years, but there's part of me, I'd, I'd love to reach out to him and go, look, mate, just get all of that True Tiger stuff and stick it out there, put it on, on Spotify and all the streaming services and just so it's available and, and, and there because really, like at this point, there's no reason not to, do you know what I mean? I, I don't mean that with any disrespect to, to Stans or he's off probably doing other other things and he's busy doing, doing those, but it just, it seems such a shame to me, you know, like, you, you know, Duncan, um, the next act that we're going to discuss, Midnight Circus, but also the people that we've talked about on previous episodes as well. That there are there's a raft of amazing music there, which you know you, you know about. You know if you know, you know if you were there, or if we flag it for you. But if you were not one of the kind of relatively small fan base that Garage had in those years, um, you'd, you'd you'd need somebody to kind of point it out. Otherwise, you're never going to come across it. And it's I don't know. It just makes makes my heart sad. Is what one is, day. Though. One day, hopefully, you'll listen <laughs> to this and be like, "Quick, get it up, get it up," um, and then he'll put it on Spotify. Right? Okay. Next group. Same. So, so this uh, this tune that we picked out here. So this is the first release from from a group called the Midnight Circus. Um, I remember hearing this tune online somewhere. It was probably on the Uptown Forum, if I had to guess, or somewhere around there. I don't know whether I was running the Slick and Fresh blog by that point or not. But I think I it basically, was before Slick and Fresh. I it don't was, know because I, I, I don't know. I've Maybe got, it was. I've got, 
2007 in my head, if I'm not mistaken. That was the year was I launched it. That? that was the year was I launched year? it. The first birthday bash was in the 2008. So, all right, anyway. Um, I remember messaging directly the group and saying, I love this tune, can I get a copy? And they posted me a promo CD of this tune, which was rare for me because I was just on some uh, not so well-known internet radio station uh, before the one I'm on now. Um, and it was just great to have this kind of official from Damaged Goods Recordings um, uh, clip of this tune. This was before MP3s were doing the rounds massively, to be honest. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll just play it now. This is... The Midnight Circus and uh, their opening tune with Aaron So on the vocals and it's a track called So Divine. Let's wait for the beach balls and we'll get it in. probably talk about the midnight circus for hours um you know i'm obviously conscious of time of how long the podcast has been running for (laughs) i think we're already nearly up to the one and a half hour mark believe it or not um but yeah it's like this was their opening kind of gambit and it was so strong it's super cheesy when you think about it it's a super duper happy song um and i don't care i love it i'm a melt and i love it um and it was just yeah it was a great explosion onto the scene at the time and i wasn't even clear as who was part of this group before when this tune drops i didn't know it was it was involved in it yeah um, it's brilliant it, like if i had to pick a word like if, if this tune had been released four or five years earlier you're talking about an absolute definite top 10 hit right there and i think you could say that for almost the whole Midnight Circus discography, like every track was, was strong like this. I mean, we talked before, obviously we started the episode about what tune we were going to play and, uh, you know, you decided on So Divine because it was like the first release, which I got. If I had to pick one as a personal favourite, it would probably be Complicated. Um, with Liz, I can't think what her name is. Lizzie Williams. Lizzie, Lizzie Williams, Lizzie Williams on the vocal. And that was that was another strong vocal. They just, you know, every, everything about their their discography, their, their tracks was just strong. Like they, they used strong vocalists. Uh, the engineering was second to none. They were well-written songs. Uh, and like you said, they did things properly in the sense of, of all the marketing and the branding and sending out CDs at a time when everybody else was just kind of knocking up 
um, bootlegs and sending out MP3s. They would, they, they, they had a, do you know what I mean? They had a real kind of vision for where they wanted the project to go. And just such a shame that the timing wasn't quite right because I feel like they deserved so much more for the legwork they put in. Um, interesting that you, you mentioned that was Aaron Soul on the vocal for that one because until this moment in time I had no idea that was Aaron Soul. I'd never made the link. Yeah, it's a bit of a, bit of, Didn't bit know of a that. weird one. Yeah, it's, did, um, not, did not know that. I mean, I mean, when you say it, you can hear it's him straight away, though, right? <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I, I mean, I remember. I mean, I spent time with them because uh, one half of of uh, Midnight Circus was Pete Devereaux from Artful Dodger. If you didn't know that, um, the the production kind of uh, engineering part of it was a guy called Ollie, um, great great talented guy. Um, and Alex, who was the MC on that track, he wrote most of the lyrics to the songs. Not only his MC parts, but he was writing the lyrics to all of the tunes, pretty much. Um, their original plan was for Lizzie Williams to pretty much be kind of the face of it. Um, and the things that were kind of blowing up weren't really the things that were that, that Lizzie wasn't the, the front of the bits that were kind of getting traction, um, which was a real, real shame. Um, and I just don't, I think what you said it's like the timing wasn't quite right I don't think the scene we call it the forgotten years because it was such a tiny scene that has been forgotten and I think rightly like you said this would have blown up if it had happened I don't know either side of, of that that era of music um, so so much quality music came out of that group um, and I was very kind of proud to be involved in the they did a, a remix competition for um, it was a song they did called Move and they never actually released the original um, of this tune but we got two strong mixes out of it that came first and second in the end the winner was a guy called Jelly Beats who um, what a talented musician he played live for me when I did my birthday bash for Slick and Fresh and he was playing like the keys in the club like it's the sort of thing that would completely go underappreciated to a bunch of pissheads yeah. who are in, in Herbal um, down in Shoreditch um, but he's just, it's just an amazing talent. I had, uh, his vocalist was called D and she was singing um, along with him and it was just fucking phenomenal. But his mix of Move was like um, a Grant Nelson-esque 4-4 um, smash. Like it, the, the quality was off the charts and he, he so rightly won. And he was supposed to appear on the album that they had and the album never happened. Um, yeah. Second place was a guy called Legacy, top bloke. Yeah. Um, and he got to come down to the studio to do the mix down of that tune with uh, Pete and Ollie. And, and uh, I don't think Alex was there that day. Um, and yeah, his one ended up on the EP in the end. And then the EP that came out is the one that had the Move remix. Um, Milf was on there. Um, what was the, there was the, the one that I'm stopping to talk about is Love Suicide because that's that's the one I've said before is the new Amen break is the Love Suicide break <laughs> and there's one there's one more tune on on that EP that escapes me, but they had say their tunes were just such high caliber and there was one tune that they never brought out that the only guy that I think had a copy of it was Charmer and Sunship even did a remix of it and it was something about oh, it was called Holiday Holiday Noise it was called. Um, Rings and, a bell. I can't place yeah, it. It rings a bell. It was yeah, like yeah. holiday, holiday. Da, da, da. It was like holiday girls, holiday boys. I, honestly, um, I remember hearing it in the studio and just getting just like shivers down my spine um, of just how good it was. And um, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to start blowing up things that Pete was saying, but like I think the the, the general view was that it could have been a massive success if it, when it's pushed. 
and it never got yeah. pushed. And I think I don't know whether that was because the relationship collapsed with all of the artists or whatever, but um, it's a real shame what happened to that project because there was so yeah, much talent sure. there, and so much great music came out of it. And um, and you know, Pete's gone on to do many different things after that. Um, from uh, Devolution was one of the last things that I was kind of close to that he was doing. Um, but you know, yeah. on to now, I'm not sure what he's up to right now. I think he's got another musical act he's doing, but I don't know what what genre it's in. I'm not sure what Ollie's up to either. But he was um, he did he was Stockholm Syndrome, wasn't he? As, as well, at one point, um, obviously, you know, both talented fellas in their own right. I was always glad the project kind of fell off uh, for, for personal reasons because they actually did they did that remix competition. Um, Useless tidbit for you, actually. Um, J- Jelly Beats and I studied together at uni, so I actually knew Jelly Beats. Oh, Went really? The same uni. Yeah, he was in the year below me. Um, but I, I actually, they did a second competition. So they did they did the remix competition. Just before they did the remix competition, they did one, and it was just hosted via their MySpace page, if I remember rightly, you know, back in the MySpace days. <laughs> and it was it was like, um, it basically was like, we're looking for the next big songwriter. We want to get some singer-songwriters in the studio to work with us um, and they basically uploaded the instrumental for life then if you remember life yeah uh, they stripped it down took the mc parts of it and uploaded just like a 30 second clip and said record something and send it to us so um obviously i did a lot of work with harsh still do me and harsh are quite tight right so me and harsh actually did an, en- an entry for that competition which we wrote and recorded in the space of about an hour on a sunny afternoon sent it off to them and um, and I got a, a nice email back from Pete. Pete was always um, he was always really supportive of my music. He's always you know I've got a lot of time for Pete. He was always a top fella. He basically emailed me back, and it was probably ties in with what you're saying. It was about the same time. He basically emailed back saying, "Mate, this is fucking brilliant. Um, we'd love to uh, get you guys in the studio to do some more stuff, uh, but essentially we're canning the project uh, because it's not working out." Um, so I was always gutted on a personal level that, that they obviously kind of never never kind of pursued it further because I would have loved to have got in the studio with those guys and I know Harsh would have too but actually the, the track that we the vocal that we recorded over life we later obviously because we couldn't do anything with it over the life uh, back in I composed a new back in for it uh, which Tony Floyd and Luke Holden remixed for us as Dubwise which ended up getting signed to Garage Jams and went out on Ministry of Sounds Garage Classics compilation <laughs> so there's a useless bit of trivia, garage trivia history for you that that nobody cares about, but which was meaningful to to myself and Harsh. Uh, that 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 track, "Take It Slow," which we released to sold it out, actually was written to the life instrumental for Midnight Circus. Oh, you you sent me that, and I didn't realise that that was the history of it. You said yeah, I've got this bootleg of of uh, <laughs> this tune, and I didn't realise that was the origins. That was the origins of it, and then yeah, and then from there, obviously, it was it was by the time we. By the time we kind of started to to make moves with 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 it as a as a finished track, the baseline movement was kind of fully fully in 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 uh, in motion, and uh, and and dubwise Tony Floyd and, and Luke Holden were doing big things, so they kind of came along and was just like, oh yeah, you got any vocals that we can rework? And we kind of paired up with them, did that, and it ended up making us a, a tidy amount of money actually, which is. Happy days. Uh, I don't find myself saying often in in garage. <laughs> <laughs> tidy amount of money, three pounds sixty eight. Super tidy. Um, nice one. Um, rip Midnight Circus um, and big up to all all of you guys. Thank you for the beautiful music over the Indeed. period of the lost years. Um, let's uh, let's gas. Let's get gas in. Um, I want to hear all about Jaguar's UKG special because I didn't hear it, and I want you to tell me about what it was it was nice man it was nice i saw a tweet about it i just kind of caught it on the off chance because uh, i must admit i don't make it a, a sort of a, i don't routinely listen into to bbc introducing 
uh, probably as much as I should because you do hear some good stuff on there. But um, Jaguar, obviously, with her ear to the ground, has, has picked up on the fact that, that, that there's a lot of good UKG bubbling and coming out at the moment and, uh, and wanted to showcase some up-and-coming artists. So used her platform on Radio 1, that we're going back a week or two now, to do a garage special. So uh, that's the, 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 what do they call it? BBC Radio 1 Introducing Dance show, I think they call it. Uh, and she had, uh, you know, she had some some solid... Uh, selections on there from the likes of Bailey Ibs and Cortez, uh, who I'm a massive fan of. Uh, Laura Alice again, who we were talking about earlier. Uh, Emma, I want to say Emma Champion. Cannon. Emma Champion. Emma Cannon, beg your pardon, because there's two different. Emma Cannon, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think who else she had on there. Oh, so Renoir. <laughs> Renoir, Renoir was on there and Soul Lecter. Yeah, yeah there some some nice choices. So she, she, um, she, are you sitting there with the, the track list in now? <laughs> yeah, of course you I am. it all to memory or something, right? <laughs> of okay. course I, I am. I felt like I was letting the side down there. But no, yeah, no, no, it was a nice it, list in. It was just, it was just nice to hear those guys who were deserving of the exposure get um, some, some, some Radio One play. Man, it was nice. Yeah, I see Soul Lecter's We Speak No London. So I mean, that's a, that was a good because that's not like banging super duper new, but it's a good choice to represent kind of yeah. new clubby 4-4 four, four. Um, you know there's a few of the the kind of time is now um, shall not fade artists on here Bailey Ibs has been kind of up and coming for the last few years and he's really starting he's he's di- he's he's diverged from what he was originally doing into the more breaky kind of stuff but it's real high yeah. fucking calibre um, I've got a lot of time for Bailey Ibs um, and it's great to see he's kind of out there Laura Alice I'm so happy like she I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping she's not a victim of that kind of female fast tracking because of a male saturated market but she's doing some high quality stuff um and i'm it's great to see her on here um i I, I really don't want that to be the case because i think there's certain instances where that's happening and it's not just whereas here it is just um yeah she's she's really talented the same with opidan she's like she's you know the the talent there is is warranted um emma cannon i'm not familiar with though um you would know the tune if you heard it it's one of those tunes like that i've heard around a lot and I, and I must admit the because f- it was one of the ones that I did have on my radar to discuss on the show in in uh, in previous uh, months gone by because I think it was out about three months ago something like that it's been around a while that tune but there was something about it that kind of jarred me at a first listen and I wasn't sure about it but the more I've listened to it the more it's grown on me and I can now kind of appreciate it for you know it's a real that they actually spotlighted that track in particular. Jaguar kind of stopped and said, "We want to spotlight this one. Um, you need to go and check this track out." Kind of thing. Uh, I haven't. I can't. I can't say I've had a chance actually to get onto Emma Cannon's page and listen to more of what she's done. But like, if that track's anything to go by, it's definitely worth going and having a little listen because it's uh, just a good example of a catchy, well-written two-step track. And I think the. I think Jaguar made the comparison between her and uh, Baby Katie. Uh, or Katie B, whatever she ended up being called. She was baby Katie back in the kind of early funky days, wasn't she? Um, I think she did some stuff with on Danny, ha- Danny C's, no, Danny C's no. label. No, please originally. don't tell me all this time baby Katie is Katie B of Katie yep. Omission. Yep. Oh my fucking God. Did you not know that? Obviously not, because I feel like oh, a massive fucking prick. I can't believe there I never go. knew that. I think a lot of people overlooked that, because if you listen to like like Heartache, Right, so yeah. Danny, Danny C did the two-step mix of that. You, you would rightfully, you would never link that to Katie B because the sound is so different. And I think also, I, she was quite young at that time. And I think with certain artists, as they as they grow, their their voice develop. And, and Katie B is definitely one of those vocalists who her voice has changed a lot over the years. And I think she went from being this kind of prospect into a kind of fully fledged artist. 
in in time it just needed that development but yeah yeah she was originally baby katie there you go it's been educational mate i feel like i've yeah honestly that's, that's blown my fucking mind rob you, know, you, you do not believe you do not believe um, it's like you telling me aaron sold did the vocal in that track a minute ago whoa <laughs> there we go every day we are learning every day we're learning <laughs> yeah i just i wanted to pose the question uh, i said this to you earlier it's like why do people still strive in garage to get onto radio one like and I, and I, that's a real weird thing to throw out there but it's like it seems to still be the pinnacle of everything is to get onto Radio 1. If you're on Radio 1, it's never at 4 o'clock in the afternoon when everyone's driving home from work and your tune's kind of showcased. It's some specialised show of someone that's been cherry-picked to be part of Radio 1. And I don't know why that's the destination to be heralded anymore. They, they like, Are they really the people that are showcasing Garage to the highest kind of calibre or just because it's the BBC? Like, I don't know whether it's the same now as it was once upon a time. Everyone seems to be like, oh, Radio 1 play. And if you're getting listed on like an A list or a B list, maybe that's kind of an achievement. But everyone kind of chases that. And I don't I don't know why. I, I can't remember the last time I listened to Radio 1 casually, ever. I, 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 I can see where you're coming from. I mean, I mean, two things, obviously. And you touched on it a minute ago when you said because it's the BBC. The BBC, as a, I don't want to say brand name, because I don't know if brand brand name is the right phrase entity for, for an entity as an entity B, the bbc is it's is a it's a big deal right whatever spin you put on it regardless of whether it's in the middle of the night or in the day like to be able to say sort of championed on bbc obviously that's going to look good in your cv um and also it, it, in the sense that it's international right so even though it's you know even though you're, you're effectively paying for it with your tv license uh it kind of goes out on bbc sounds and i think it's it's probably more listened to than other stations I, I think there's probably a wider demographic from around the world that still because it's the bbc does listen into the bbc i don't know you know i don't know if the listener base is as it was once you know as, as, you, as you identified there but certainly from outside the country i think there are more listeners that probably listen to the bbc than say do other stations i think the other part to it is that there are only certain stations really where and this is purely from the money side of things. And I don't think it's that big a deal for artists, but it's certainly a nice plus. Uh, there aren't many stations that you can kind of monetize airplay from, but the BBC uh, and, and KISS as well, those are, those are two of them. So if you're talking about getting a track played on the BBC, you are talking about making a few quid, albeit a small amount of money. Uh, but if you were regularly turning over a track that was getting played every week on the BBC, it would start to add up over time. Uh, I don't know whether that plays a big factor in people getting so excited about it. I think it's probably more just the fact that, you know, the BBC as an entity, as you said, has been around forever is is a bit of an institution. And to be able to kind of turn around and go, well, me, I've got a tune played on Radio 1 is... You know, you know yeah, what, just, what, what? What would the? You know, I, I, I it's interesting because I was, I was discussing it with with a friend the other day, and we were talking about how, like, if you lined up all the radio stations these days, and like, you, you know, the radio stations with a lot of reach, um, you're probably looking at something like rinse in terms of it being a kind of more respected, purist niche musos station, right? It's something like rinse. So in theory, getting a track played on rinse probably arguably should mean more to you than getting something on the BBC. So I think that's probably what you're getting at when you're saying why people are so fussed about a BBC player. But I think outside of music circles, here's the thing, right? If you're a musician and you're talking to your relatives or your friends who aren't musicians or who aren't music geeks like like you and I are, um, 
if you say to them, I got a tune played on Rinse, it doesn't mean as much to them <laughs> as if you say, I got a tune played on Radio 1. That's the crux of it, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Because most people, if you're saying, oh, yeah, I got a tune played on such and such a show on this station, it goes over their head. Whereas if, you, if you're an artist and you say, I got a tune played on Radio 1, people will take stock of that. So perhaps that's... Perhaps that's part of it. I don't know. Well, that's pretty cool. You're flagging there that it is. It's more about the bragging rights than the chops. Like it, I, it's like if I was if I was making music regularly and getting promoted, would would being played on Radio One be my ultimate kind of dream? I don't know. I mean, once upon a time, I think when you're making Garage, like the first thing you needed to do was get EZ to play your tune. Um, and then when that was kind of happening, you needed to start to get some of the other big DJs to play it. And then it was, okay, how many vinyls can you shift? Yeah. Um, you know, and I, in a, in a digital landscape where music is infinitely disposable and accessible over so many different mediums and, you know, the, the younger generation are seeing less value in what a radio station is and does. Um, you know, I don't know where Radio One sits in that landscape. I think just... This is just me and my kind of own personal view, and I kind of can understand. I can understand it to some level. Um, I just, I, I think that it doesn't deserve it as much as it used to. And that's I definitely, my own controversial opinion now. I see the point you're making for sure. I will say, from 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 the artist perspective, uh, you know, obviously, I, I run Riddler and I run the Riddler Bandcamp. I will say um, that EZ, I've, I've been privileged enough that EZ has included a few of my tracks recently in his uh, Radio One residency, and I definitely see a direct correlation, uh, albeit a subtle one, between that exposure and a sudden influx of people downloading my tunes. So, I, I mean, I don't know what the listener base there is but it's it's certainly enough that i notice a difference from the airplay uh nothing that's gonna 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 make me you know sell the house and go out and buy a ferrari by any means but um you know it's, it is it is a noticeable uh, i think you touched on a point there which is very valid when you said about radio stations having less value to the younger generations i think and i, I was discussing this with someone recently i think um, Spotify playlists uh, and Deezer playlists, you know, playlisting on streaming platforms is almost the new radio, really, for a new generation of artists because you're talking about the difference, you know, if you get picked up by even something like one of Spotify's editorial playlists, uh, if you get picked up for one of those, it's the difference between your track maybe getting a few hundred streams and all of a sudden in the space of a month having. 30,000 streams and if you're one of the artists who plays it really well and, and, and I'm fortunate enough that I've, I've been doing some work with Brendan Mills the guy who did the sax on Blue Step for me um, I've done a, a mix of one of his forthcoming singles which we're expecting to be massive uh, he's got very good management that helps him to get onto the relevant correct playlists for his tunes to, you know to appeal to the right demographic he's a he's an independent artist who works a full-time job Yet he has over a million people listen to him monthly on Spotify now. Uh, and I feel like in 2021, that's a big deal to shout about. You know, that's more than you're going to get from from radio exposure, like you say. Uh, you correctly pointed out, you know, in, in just getting onto those right playlists, you're building your fan base. You're building a fan base of not only listeners, but also curators who are then tuned into what you do in future and therefore more likely to playlist you. And it's a kind of snowball effect. And I've watched Brendan's kind of his his audience just just gradually snowball over the past couple of years. Um yeah, and I'm quite quite pleased to be kind of working alongside him at the moment because I'm hoping some of that that snowballing fan base, 
kind of falls my way as a result but uh, time will Fingers tell we shall see <laughs> indeed indeed uh, um, I mean, yeah it's it, an interesting one it's definitely like, like it's 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 that trend of things are changing um and you either kind of get on with the changes or you stick with what you're doing um yeah. this is coming from a man that's been doing a radio show for 10 years on the same station and not really changing his process <laughs> um but yeah i, I, I see the I just thought to myself in my head though, what if someone said to you, "All right, you can have a set on Radio One. Would you take it?" I don't know, probably would. So, what, t- are you, are you asking me, or are you saying no, someone I'm, asked I'm, you? I'm asking myself. It's like I'm cussing it out. You absolutely would, mate. You absolutely but, would. You absolutely would for sure. But I tell you why it jars me though. Right? When it, if you, I think the reason that Radio One jars me, and this is outside of the underground shit that they do. Let's just talk about their normal drive time bollocks with whatever happy-go-lucky prick they've got hosting it that day. When they play music, because it needs to appeal to everybody, there's just zero consistency. It just it seems to, like, yeah. jump from one type to another, and it's just... There's no flow to it, like... Because they're trying to hit every niche and not offend anyone. Yeah, and 100%. Just, and and that, and that I'll listen to it, and I'll be like, ah, that, and off, next. I'd rather listen yeah. to Heart with the same kind of rinsed classics that are in a similar sort of genre because it's got a nicer flow to it you know i, I do I get know. i do yeah i think you're absolutely you hit a nail on the head there in the, in the sense that you you really you almost don't know what you're getting you, you do know what you're getting you're getting a real random assortment but you you don't know almost don't know what to expect from it do you because it's just in one second you've got blink 182 and the next minute you're listening to something from the 90s and then you've got some bang up to date pop tune by the cheesiest device it is it's strange because i can't really think of another station that i would say that about even even something like kiss kiss which is a very much a commercial entity and lacks integrity these days right you still you've got a fair idea before you turn kiss on what their playlist is going to look like you have a fair idea of what to expect don't you you know mm. and again that's they're aiming to be non-offensive and appeal to as wide an audience as they can but you know what you're getting whereas yeah with radio one it's uh, it does seem a bit all over the place uh as you know a bit too much talking for my liking, but I'm, I'm acutely aware that makes me sound like a very old man saying that. Oh, I wish I'd get on with playing the tunes. Look, they, you know must, I mean? they must have their demographic and their audience, otherwise it wouldn't be going as it does. You know, it's not exactly. for me, yeah. and that's how it is. I just wanted to throw that out there as a thinking point because it's always baffled yeah. me that everyone chases after these Radio 1 plays, but I feel like that's the the real bottom of an achievement. It's like It's great on a CV, but what is that really doing for you in terms of connecting with a fan base? Like... Unless you're, unless you've made a pop song, you're not connecting yeah. with a fan base just based on Radio One. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can see it. Well, tell you what, as 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 a, as a social experiment here, let's earmark those artists that you just read off of that track list in a minute ago, and we'll review this time next year. We'll review where they're at, and if they're all household <laughs> names, then we know that the BBC Play did something for him. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I can be told to bite my own ass. That's fine. I'm completely down with that. Um, all right. We, we've, we've probably got a few minutes left to squeeze in our last topic. We've got no feedback this week, so you, you wanted to drift into talking about... And just this is a complete softball subject, like no no tension to it at all, obviously. Political messages in music is... Uh, Political messages in music. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, no names mentioned, no topics mentioned, because obviously we don't want to get into heated debate over things that are very contentious. But I don't know, I just, I made, I made the observation to you, didn't I, that I, I feel like political messages in music aren't perhaps as, as necessary or valid as they once were. Um, I think 
you know, in yesteryear, you didn't have your social medias of the internet. It wasn't as, as prevalent and as, as important a part of our daily life as it, as it is now. Uh, but a lot of the stuff that I hear getting spoken about in, you know, politically in, in tracks these days is stuff that actually I'm bombarded with on a daily basis on Twitter and Facebook. And I mean, you and I have both talked about this at length, the fact that, you know, I hate, I'm at the point now where I hate social media. And if I didn't have music, I would absolutely 100% not be on any social media at all. And sometimes people get a bit arty with me because they post something on social media and I don't like or share it. And they go, oh, you're not supporting me the way I, you, I do you, man. And I'm like, do you know what? It's nothing personal. It's because I log in, post Post my shit and then log off again because I don't want to see all the bickering and the arguing and mm. I don't really I don't really have any strong opinions one way or another on a lot of the stuff that gets discussed. I just don't I just don't care for it. I just don't want to be a part of it. So for me, I look at music as an escape from that and from from everything. You know, music is is something I do to escape the reality of the very depressing reality of daily life. Um, so if I then turn on the radio, Spotify, look at my promos, go on Beatport or whatever. I kind of don't want to hear stuff that's got a political tone to it. I just, I switch off to it immediately. And there have been some examples. I'm not, as I say, I'm not going to give names. I don't want to piss anyone off. But there have been some examples probably recently where there are tracks that I might have discussed on the podcast, but where, to be honest, I probably tuned off from them because I heard the content of what they were talking about and it just jarred me. So I skipped to the next track. Uh, and I, I kind of feel like that's a shame. But like as an artist, especially when you're discussing certain certain topics, you know, you've got certain topics like equality, uh, racism, gender equality, you know, sexual preference. Those are those are important subjects that I would say probably aren't as div- aren't divisive. You know, I think probably uniformly across the board, we would all agree. Well, I would hope that we would all agree that people should be treated with equality, regardless of their race, creed, color, gender, sexual preference. Right? There are certain subjects which are in their very essence, naturally going to be divisive because they, you know, you're going to have different opinions on them. And I almost feel like as an artist, you run the risk of alienating yourself to a particular audience if you start writing about one of those subjects because you're going to write something that, yeah, appeals to Mr. A, but massively offends Mrs. B. Um, so in the sense of trying to kind of keep your cards close to your chest, play the right hand and have success as an artist. There's part of it that kind of perplexes me why somebody would take the chance to to write a song about something that's potentially so controversial. And then there's another bigger part of me as a listener that just doesn't fucking want to hear it, to be frank. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like I'm ranting at you and you're looking at me kind of no, no, no. wondering what the fuck I'm going on about. But, no, I'm, you know, ta- you know I'm taking I'm it just, all in. I'm taking it all yeah. in, Rob, and I agree, I agree pretty much with everything you're saying, mate. I, it's... Like, I, it, I mean, you could say it takes bollocks to come down on an issue and talk about it. Um, yeah, you could say it takes bollocks. Um, you could also say that it's a massive risk because you could be hedging against alienating a massive amount of your of your fans, as it were. I mean, if you've got a gigantic fan base and you know if you come out against a certain thing um, and then you lose 50% of people because of that, um, then... You don't mind because you still got fifty percent left over. But then there's all there's also um, the risk of cancel culture nowadays. Um, you know, I'm not going to say I'm for or against cancel culture as, as what it's been kind of listed as, but you know, you could come out against something and you could get cancelled. All it yeah, takes yeah. is you know a, an amplification of what you've yeah. said onto onto a social platform, and then everyone just starts hating. Um, yeah. I mean, we very publicly witnessed. Um, Moad get cancelled very very quickly and that wasn't over a political issue that was obviously over something a bit more um, delicate and horrific Um, but it shows how quickly um, no matter how talented you are 
um, you you can lose that in in the blink of an eye. And I think sure. that sometimes a, a political message in in a song, um, or even just coming out and talking on social media um, to one side of a debate or another, um, you know, it it could get you it could it could it could lose you respect. Um, and get you cancelled. It could also gain your respect on the people on the other side of the argument. That's why political topics are such a, um, you know, it's it's a hot potato. And you've, and like I said, you've got to have some bollocks to talk about it. But you know, I I can go off on Twitter on certain sides of a debate. Um, and I, but I I will definitely try not to be preachy about anything. You know, if you if you choose one thing of one side of an argument and that's you, I'm not going to try and convince you it should be the other side. I'll just maybe judge you and ignore you i don't know um, <laughs> but you know, I'm, i think i'm of an age now where everyone doesn't need to agree with me it's just like okay fine you believe what you believe it doesn't affect my life um yeah it's not always like that which is why you get so many uh, you know 10 years 15 years ago me would be arguing to the fucking teeth oh my god why do you think that kind of thing and i think that's why um twitters and and facebook's can turn into this kind of tinderbox of of destruction when a bomb like that is kind of dropped um yeah. in terms yeah. of the topic that's discussed so yeah i don't know i'm i mean i'm with you i'd shy away from it just through um safety i think unless you are someone like rage against the machine that's fighting against the country <laughs> back in the 90s i think we're way away from that nowadays and that kind yeah, of sort sure. of political commentary is miles off of of kind of where we are now yeah so yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah I think we're on the same wavelength there. Yeah, we are. It's a it's a, deli- it's a, it's a delicate subject. Um, it was it was uh, it was nice to kind of kick around the football on it for sure. Um, it would be great to hear what what um, what, what listeners think. Are, are we pussies? Are we pussies for not saying? <laughs> do we, we stand do we lack on this bollocks, side as, as you put it, Baines? Do we lack yes. the testi- testicular fortitude? Lack- <laughs> 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 are the quantities of testicles subpar to what expected of the in the garage podcast? Please do write. Um, compliments, complaints, feedback to feedback at in the UK Um We don't have any feedback to discuss this this month because we didn't get any. Um, please do email us. We love reading them. We love responding. Um, thanks to people that have been tapping up on the socials um, at in the UK garage on all the socials, and uh, and and we're on all the podcatchers and, and all that shit. Don't forget in the garage recommends playlist in the ukgarage.com forward slash recommends and i think that's it rob anything else we want to throw out there no nicely done mate i think you've you've summarized it all nicely we've we've gone through some hot topics we've discussed some good tunes i think we're done it's all good blinding mate yeah, i want to go, go sleep mate i'm knackered <laughs> it's been it's been difficult carving out this window of time for us to to do this so thanks for making the uh me, me, being able to, to spend some time doing this man i love chatting with you uh, great to catch yeah. up yeah always a pleasure mate Closing it down then. Thank you. Until next time, in the UK Garage on the socials, in the UKGarage.com. Um, big it up. Peace out. Laters. <laughs> Play the tune, man. Play the tune. You get me? In the garage with fanatic and brains.